Welcome to 24 Hour Expert, where we challenge each other to see what we can learn on random topics in just a day. I'm Allie. And I'm Amy. Let's see what we've learned. Hi, Allie. Hi. How have you been this week? Oh, great. Anything fun and exciting in your world? No, I'm pretty much same old, same old. Well, I feel like that always happens at the beginning of the year. You've gone through all of the rush of the holiday season, and now everything kind of just levels out. Yes. Which is, I mean, the holidays are fun and I enjoy them, but I'm also ready to get back into my routine a bit, so. Yes. Me too. I feel like that's true. But I'm also really excited because this is my first official time being the expert. It is. I'm excited. So let's hope I do this justice. And if I don't, then I guess tell me in comments or reviews. But be kind, because I'm learning. Yes. Yes. So we will dive in if you are ready. All right. Let's do it. What are we talking about this week? This week's topic is color theory. Oh, okay. Do you know anything about color theory? I mean, I know that just because my day job, we're updating our brand a bit, that colors can mean things and evoke certain emotions from people. And I know it's a marketing tool, but that is the extent of my knowledge. That's a lot. That's a really good foundation. So that is something that we're going to talk about, but we're going to go through the history and everything of color theory first. But I want to ask, and I always like to ask this because when I started looking into color theory several years ago, which is why I picked it as a first topic so that I could start on something I kind of knew, everyone has a color that's their favorite. So what is your favorite color? Blues and grays. Do you have any, like, is there, like, a specific blue that you really like? I would say I like more in the medium to medium deep shades of blue. Like, not like a baby blue or a light blue. Yeah. Okay, so that's perfect. So everybody has a favorite color, or usually they do. There are a few people who really like all the colors, but that's very telling of personality traits. So we're going to dive into some of color theory, and then we're also going to talk about some of the emotions that color evoke. But I think there may need to be a part two so we can start looking at personality traits and color association as well. Oh, that would be really fun. But we've got a long way to go before we get there. So let's just dive in with what is color theory. I've pulled a very reliable source of Wikipedia to give us the soundbite of of what color theory is. It's one of my favorite sources. I love it. I, I feel like all my college professors are groaning right now, but that's fine. So Wikipedia states that color theory is a body of practical guidance to color mixing and the visual effects of specific color combinations. Color terminology based on the color wheel and its geometry separates colors into primary, secondary, and tertiary colors. Understanding color theory dates back to antiquity. So that's where we're going to start, in antiquity. Okay. So we're going to start there. So I've done a little bit of research. I'm pulling from what I used to remember and also looked up kind of the earliest reference to when color theory started. So mind you, it wasn't kind of a full-fledged thought at this point in time. It was just the concepts of how colors worked and how things were being made in the artistic world. So how different compositions required colors to evoke what an artist was going for. So the earliest reference to a color theory was by Leon Battista Alberti in 1435. Oh, wow. Or way back. Way back. Then on to Leonardo da Vinci, who made notes in his journals in the late 1400s. Okay, wow. So those are the earliest references that have been documented of artists speaking on how they're using colors to influence their art. The actual theory, or the start of what of a theory would be, was made by Aristotle. Oh, man. I know you listened to previous seasons, so you know this guy does, like, everything. Everything. He starts (laughs) everything. So Aristotle's theory on color theory, which, again, was just a concept he had built, so not the official title of color theory, was that everything either came from lightness or darkness. 
And so his concept was that celestial rays of light from heaven were related to the four elements and a that's what drove kind of his color theory that everything came from lightness or darkness. So it was like earth, wind, water, so on and so forth. And that was the concept that stayed relevant for about 2,000 years until Sir Isaac Newton oh. came through with the first developed color wheel, which is where color theory really stems into an actual process and theory that can be followed. Okay. So we're no longer counting on the celestial rays of light from heaven, although Sir Isaac Newton's first color wheel came from his work with prisms and how light moved through prisms to create a spectrum of colors that ranged from red to violet, which is what we now know as Roy G. Biv, for anybody who's familiar with our rainbow. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. So... Not to get too sidetracked, but so there's a series, anyone who has toddlers out there or had toddlers might know this series, but it's different like scientific theories for babies. Okay. So like electromagnetism for baby, astrophysics for babies. And there is one on um, light and how light refracts to create rainbows that I read quite frequently to my toddler. Yeah. See, and it's all kind of relative because it's part of the scientific theory on how we also interpret colors, right? So even though you just described to me a few minutes ago your favorite blue, we may not see blue the same way just based on our genetic makeup. We may, because we're closer in genetic makeup. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but that's kind of part of the theory. But the scientific element of how prisms create light and the rainbows is very unique. And all of that has a lot of weight into how these were created. That is kind of the working theory on color theory and where the color wheel, which I'm sure we've all played with in art classes, started. Right. So then beyond Sir Isaac Newton and Aristotle and all of these people that are very well known, there's also Johann Wolfgang Goethe, I think is how you say his last name. And he really started to look into how color impacts people and their emotions. So that's really color psychology, which we're going to dive a little bit into, but I think is worth exploring more in the future. And that was around the 18th century. Okay, okay. So that's where we're going to leave off on color theory for now. That's the history. There's a ton more stuff that's come up since then in all of these areas, but we're going to move over to the color wheel. All right, let's do it. Do you remember anything about the color wheel? So that's the primary and secondary, right? Yeah. I know primary is blue, red, yellow. Mm -hmm. Secondary is orange, green, purple. I don't know what tertiary is. So tertiary is really the in-betweens of all of those. Okay. So it's like orange, red. And blue-purple and stuff like that. Okay. And so they really are kind of the in-between shades. That's the entire concept of the color wheel, is that we've kind of identified a spectrum of colors that live in that space, and then all of the different things that are categorized in between them. Part of color is that you can only identify certain colors. Everyone's visual range for color identification is different. So you may be able to see a 100 versions of different blues. Someone else may only be able to see 50. But you can only identify those colors independently. There's never an in-between color in terms of how you're seeing them. Have you ever done that? Like I've seen them online where there's a picture that's like a spectrum of red, let's say. And they say, how many reds do you see in this? Yes. And then people comment. That's just fascinating to me because I'm like, I see 14 reds. And somebody's like, 
I see 36 reds. I'm like, where? Where are reds? Yeah, because everyone's <laughs> eye picks up different di- different versions of that same thing, which I also find very interesting. Have you ever seen, I think they're the color blindness test. That may not be their official terminology, but where they like hide a number in one tone and yes. then the dots and stuff are in another. Yes, yes. So it is actually only 4 point, or there's 4.5% of our population who cannot see the full spectrum of color. So that is a whole different you know, red, green color blindness. There's a grayscale color blindness, but it's 4.5% of the population that is impacted by color blindness. So it's very interesting to see what that spectrum starts to narrow down to because technically you're being able to see limited colors sometimes qualifies you with color blindness and sometimes doesn't. So if you can only see 19 reds and someone else can see 36, does it really count? We're going to dive into that. We're oh, gonna, okay. Not say, today. <laughs> not today, but someday. We yeah. Might. I'll say no. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't consider myself colorblind because I feel like I can see you can see a, a lot, colors, yeah. Right? And you're not you're not limited. You're not missing any single color. No, no. that we that we know of. That I know well, that I know of. Yeah, right. exactly. So you've already touched on this. So primaries are red, blue, yellow, and they make up every other color. Which, when that's first introduced, like you know, I think elementary, right? Mm-hmm. You get up into the like you know the fourth, fifth, where they might actually start trying to like teach you about art, and it's not just here's a hunk of clay, make a bowl for your mom, right? Like that blew my mind. That every other color, comes every from color three comes from three colors. Yeah, and it's amazing when you think about just the variation of like if you put the tiniest bit of blue and yellow, it's a really green or a yellow green, right? But then if you put more blue in, it starts to go green, and then if you put more blue in, it's a blue green. And so really, the whole spectrum kind of works through it. Anyway, I find that very fascinating. Or do you remember we were on vacation and they had one of those? Bob Ross painting studios. Yeah. So think of like a painting with a twist, but it's all the Bob Ross stuff and you use the, what he uses, oil paints. Oil paints, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, it takes like months to dry. And we were doing that scene with trees and they told us, you know, they're like, okay, we're going to mix up our green. And our, we're like, all right, yellow, blue, we're going to make green. And they're like, what was it that they had us mix? It's like cyan and... It was like brown and yellow or something or black and something, but they had us mix two colors that I would never have thought. And I'm sure it's because those colors are made up of other colors that made up whatever. When you're talking about mixing colors, I just remember that. I was like, okay, because I don't know if we didn't have blue on our palette that they had given us or what. And I'm like, how are we going to make green? And they're like, oh, grab yellow and a little whatever it was. To give you this right, the right hues. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. It is all part of that color theory. See, that's why I think color theory is so interesting because it touches like everything you do and see in terms of color. Okay, so onward, we've got primary, we've discussed, secondary, which you nailed, green, purple, orange, and then tertiary, which are the in-betweens of those values. Then there's also warm colors, which are red, yellows, oranges, Mm -hmm. and our cool colors, blue, greens, purples, indigos. And then you start looking at color themes or schemes. So analogous colors are colors that are very close to each other on the color wheel. So think like deep purple, light purple, blue purple. They go together. They're kind of in a row. Okay. Whereas complementary colors are the direct opposite of each other on the color wheel. And then you start looking at schemes that are unique to some of your creation or other things. So like what's found in nature. So you might see really vibrant reds with greens and florals, and those are very complementary. And these are the types of schemes and themes that people seem to relate to because it is comforting to them and they go together, as opposed to colors that clash or compete for attention. Oh, okay. So let's talk about what colors make us feel. 
All right, let's have this. You know I'm not big on having feelings, but let's have a little bit of feelings. Well, I feel like you make me go through some morbid topics. We should go through some feely topics. Fair enough, fair enough. So, I want everybody to take a minute, think of what your favorite color is, and then think of what it makes you feel. Okay, that feels long enough. If you need more time, you can pause and come back. But come back. So we're going to dive in with our color concepts and what colors make us feel. So let's start with black and white. Okay. So black is the presence of all colors, and it has a very positive and negative perception okay. in the way that it is impacted. So if black is your favorite color, you tend to like power and you like elegance and sophistication and things like that, which is very much where black is used. If you think about luxury cars and black tie events and things like that, it oh, has like this little black dress, little black dress, this air of sophistication. On the flip side of that, every color has kind of positive and negative connotations, which is where your personal perception of color comes into play. Okay. This is also exactly what you touched on earlier, what brands are trying to emote to try and get the most amount of their customers to engage with them. So, right, they're not trying to get every single person. They're trying to get the person that means or matches their brand best, and that's how they're using colors to influence your decisions, which is also exactly how it happens in the grocery store if you're walking down the cereal aisle or any of those, and you're starting to pick things out. Your personal preference to color will guide your decisions in the marketplace. Which is just fascinating and crazy to me. Fascinating, crazy. On top of things like certain colors can emote hunger and other colors can emote happiness. And so then if you push those together, are you emoting happiness with your hunger to get you to buy Lucky Charms? Maybe. Love to talk to the Lucky Charms people with the red box and the rainbows and all of that. They've really hit some color theory on the head. Anywho, we talked about black. So on the flip side of elegance and power and sophistication is sadness and aggression. So it's often perceived as like a very deep, dark, moody, broody color. Oh, yeah. I mean, color you wear to funerals. Right. And so that is part of what makes every color have this flip of a coin. So on the opposite side of black is white, which is actually the absence of color completely. I thought all colors together were white. Or just not in color theory. That's not how it is. Not in color theory. But if okay. I've gotten that wrong, someone please feel free to correct me. But white is often associated with purity and innocence. Yes. Okay. But it's also, on its flip side, cold and kind of bland and sterile. Yeah. Think of, like, so, straight jacket or, you know, you see in TV and movies, I'm not saying this is an accurate life depiction of a mental health facility, but white padded rooms. Yes, and exactly. Yeah. And that's kind of where context of a situation and use of color is important. Because if you are putting it in the context of maybe a TV show, it is used to create blandness or sterile spaces. Right. Whereas if you're using it in a dress walking down an aisle, it's then conveying innocence and purity. So context is important. Kind of yeah. like everything in life, but... Exactly. <laughs> so let's get into some of the bolder colors. So we've got red, which is excitement, energy, and passion, but it also emotes anger and danger. Yeah. Okay. Obvious one, yeah. Yes. And I feel like that's one that everyone's really relating to, but red also is an attention-getting color, hence stop signs. Right. Or at least in the United States, stop signs. Yes. So there's some also some impacts that having or wearing colors can have on you. And red is one of those colors that, based on your personal context, can actually have negative health. Oh. So people who wear red, who do not relate with the color red, will often have higher blood pressure. Weird. While wearing the color red. 
That's, I don't even know what that is. That's insane is what that is. Thank you. I thought so too. These are things that they don't talk to you about when you're learning color theory in school. Is like nobody's talking about, well, if you don't actually like the color red, you may be at higher risk of blood pressure. Just by a color. Just by a color. But it talks to the influence that color can have, which is also kind of leads to that anger and pressure. If you find red energetic and passionate, then you're probably not negatively impacted by it. But if you're a person who sees red as... Um, a negative color. So like I used to think of like when teachers would edit your paper oh, and the you'd red see pen. all the red pens. Yeah. And this is probably a fun fact for the listeners, but neither Allie or I are very strong spellers. No. <laughs> um, our mother is a fabulous grammatically in spelling, but Allie and I didn't get that gene. We did not. We are good writers. We are terrible spellers. And so you would get your papers back when we were little and they'd be covered in red marks. And so that's kind of a negative association from personal context for the color red. Yes, yes. But now that I've grown up, I have started to embrace the color red because I think it suits me. But it actually took me a really long time to get there. And I have thought about this a lot while making my notes of why is that? And I genuinely think it's some of the red marks from growing up. Yeah. Well, and also I kind of feel like for a while I had a little bit of a red overload. The high school we went to, one of their colors was red. Yes. And so I just felt like, you know, for those four years, you're dripping. In red. In red and gold. And so after like, no, no, I'm done. I'm done wearing all this stuff. (laughs) Red also signifies hunger, which I think is worth noting here. Hmm. Yes. So we'll move on to blue, which is your favorite color. My favorite. So blue is non-threatening. And calm and serene and stable. So it's very level, level set. But it also indicates sadness and just kind of general dreariness. Yeah, like coldness. Coldness, Uh, yes. So one of my favorite use cases for this is if you've ever watched a movie, The Cinderella Story. It is Chad Michael Murray, Hilary Duff. Excellent film. Excellent film. Okay. For me, anyhow. (laughs) If you watch the movie, Hilary Duff wears mostly blue throughout the movie. It's like different colors of muted blues and all of this, and it's to indicate that she's feeling trapped through the storyline. Okay. And then as she starts to come out and become the heroine of her own story, Mm. she actually shifts into reds and pinks and lighter colors. And so when you think about how color theory can impact things, that's one of the movies that I relate to, also because fabulous film if i haven't said it before (laughs) but it is something that really stands out because she immediately starts adding reds into her wardrobe and then the final scene is her in like a full pink outfit and there's no more blue i have now that you say that thinking about movies you know i it is impressive how they use wardrobe and colors to do that Mm -hmm. because i can think of a lot of you know especially you know romantic comedies or like coming of age type movies where they start off kind of like dull yeah, muted colors, and then as they get their confidence or as they fall in love, it's like bright, fun, coming out of our shell colors. Yeah, and it's to make you, to help you along the emotional journey with the character and relate to them, to help you understand visually what they're going through and also the progress that they're making. Or, you know, the depreciation that they're making. Depreciation might not be the right word, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So other fun facts about blue is blue is the least appetizing color. There's not a ton of blue foods with the exception of blue berries, which I would argue sit somewhere between like a blue and gray, purple. Yeah, because when they're not ripe, they're more purple. Right. Yeah. Um, But it is the least appetizing color. However, people who work in blue rooms are found to be more productive. 
Hmm. So we should all paint our offices blue. If you are working in an office, you should have some blue tones around you to keep you calm and serene in your workday. Interesting. All right, so let's go to green, which is my favorite color. So green symbolizes nature, freshness, health, and vitality. Okay. But it's also the color that is most commonly associated with envy and jealousy. Right, yeah. Also greed. So all of those kind of heavy hitters in the face of wanting something you can't have. The saying is what, literally, green with envy? Green with envy. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, But green is also the most motivating color. Oh. So it's also one of the colors that varies very much in terms of the type of shade of it is, right? If you think about like a bright lime green versus like an olivey earthy green, those emit very different energies. But it is the most motivating color on the wheel. Oh, okay. So if you need some motivation, get some blue, get some green. Get some green. Keep yourself grounded, a little bit of motivation. Limit your red intake. Okay. And also, moving on, probably your yellow intake. Yellow is... The most divisive color. So not my jam. You led me right into that. So yellow is the most divisive color on the wheel because it has very uh, opposing perspectives from people and context. But yellow is the most attention-grabbing color on the wheel. So if you start thinking of like road crossing signs and things like that. I mean, yellow is your standard highlighter color. Highlighter color, exactly. So it's attention-grabbing. It's energetic. It also displays youthfulness and happiness. But on the flip side, most people find yellow a very frustrating color. Yeah, I just, I see, you know, I'm a big summer person. I love a warm, bright, sunny day. So in that context, great. Give me all the yellow sunshine. Blanking clothes or accessories or home things. No, 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 no. No yellow. No yellow. Well, and I try and think of, you know, even um, our mom's guest bathroom mm-hmm. is gray with pops of yellow. And so there's a lot of understanding of, like, the amount of yellow that's being used. Yeah, in like terms that doesn't bother me. Yeah. Of palatability. So yellow is one of those colors where, like, if you use it the right amount, it really has a desirable effect. But if you overuse yellow, at least in some contexts, it can be very jarring and it can actually put people off and create unnecessary aggression because they're frustrated by the color. So it doesn't have the same kind of like sadness or jealousy kind of context that blue and green do, but it genuinely makes people emote differently than other colors on the wheel. Okay, so we'll leave yellow there because we know people are frustrated by it and we're just going to go on happier things. Yes. So we're going to move to purple. Oh, I like purple. Purple is also a divisive color. It's less frustrating than yellow, but it's very hard. You're either a purple person or you're not a purple person, which is similar to yellow, right? You're you're one side of the fence or the other. There's not like a happy middle purple that everyone's cool with. And I feel like it's one of those colors where if you do like it, you're very specific in the shades you like. Yes. And purple has a lot of shades. And purple is one of the colors that often gets associated with youth if, in certain contexts, but it's also very mature and... Because well, um, it used to be the color of like kings and royalty, right? Because yes. it was a hard dye color to make. Correct. And so it was indicate it indicated that you were of wealth. So you nailed it exactly. So purple's um, connotations are mysterious, imaginative, spiritual. It's the most commonly used color for royalty, and it also symbolizes bravery and wisdom. Oh, okay. It is I also can see that like yeah, because a lot of you know again TV, movies, books, you see wizards in like a purple robe mm-hmm. or yeah. It also has a because of how it's used, it has gained momentum that way through the years. Because it was used in ancient history by royalty, it's one of the colors that has maintained that status throughout time. 
Okay. So people can identify that purple is a royal color even today, though we don't have the same standards for royalty that we did back then. Right. But it is also, because of its untouchability, sometimes divisive. It is a calming color, but it can sometimes be very drab, and people have a hard time seeing it in some cases as well. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So on to our last four. I lied. On to our last three. So next is brown, which is solid, earthy, stable. Very calming color in terms of neutral, right? It goes with a lot of things. It partners well with other colors. Yeah, I just immediately think dirt. Dirt, right. Which is part of the flip side of isolation and kind of bland. So brown is one of those that walks the line. It is also one of the three least favorite colors based on population vote. Oh, yeah. I feel like it's more of a neutral accent color than like somebody's favorite color. More women like brown than men, though, in terms of identifying it as their favorite color of the population that does. I could see that. Yeah. Because and I think especially right now with fashion trends, like big brown, tanny, neutral fashion palettes are really in. They are. Yeah. So I could definitely see that. Yeah. So we have orange up next, which is also an attention-seeking color, and it's also one of the last uh, least favorite colors. Yeah, I immediately think prison jumpsuit. Yep. Orange is typically affiliated with happiness, upliftingness, and energy, as many of the warm colors are. But it is also used a lot in marketing because it is attention-grabbing. It's also a color that a lot of people find there is a shade of orange that they like, and then really the rest of the palette is not. Yeah. Orange is also sometimes seen as juvenile, or in the case of our country, Mm. it's in the context of orange prison jumpsuits or your lack of freedom. Yeah, or like hazard signs, traffic cones. Danger. Inconvenience. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) So it's a used, it is one of the most commonly used colors in marketing, though, because of that attention-grabbingness. However, it is limited in terms of its use for permanent brand colors. There are some that I can think of out of the gate. Shutterfly sticks out to me for some reason. Orange theory. Orange theory. But it's certain shades of orange, and then you can kind of associate, right, like the orange traffic signs are this kind of neon orange versus like a muted, more mature orange. Right. And then last on our list is pink. 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 Pink represents love and kindness and femininity. Yeah. But it is also seen as childish. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. So one of the big things I think is worth commenting on here is that even during this research, in this case, pink, right, is identified as a feminine color. There's a lot of context for that blue and pink really aren't gender-based colors, as a lot of people have normalized or socialized over the years, right. which is great because your favorite color should be your favorite color regardless of your gender or identity. Right. But pink is really the one that stands out most as being associated with a certain type of gender identity, even more so than blue. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. However, it is also one of the most flattering colors on a lot of skin tones because you can have very warm pinks and very cool pinks. Oh, I can think of so many men that look great in pink. Yeah. I'm not one of the people who look good in pink. Although I do have like a pink purple sweater. That's one of my favorites. Well, I think because you have a lot of pink undertone to your skin. That's true. Whereas like part of the reason I don't like yellow is I have a lot of yellow undertone, so I can't wear it. If someone could teach us about skin colors, that would be awesome. I really want to learn that whole process. Yeah, if we have a fashion expert who can come in and help us build a fashion palette, that would be amazing. Yeah, we're we're ready and available. And makeup too. All of it. Just start from the head and work your way down. Just email us. (laughs) So we're going to wrap up. I've got some fun facts I want to share with you. Great. 
So we already talked about 4.5% of the population cannot see the entire spectrum of color. Blue is the most preferred color in the world. That doesn't surprise me. Followed by red and green. Red surprises me. Green does not. I agree. The last, the least favorite colors are orange, brown, purple, and yellow. Purple surprises me. I agree. I think that's so interesting. Yellow and brown. Yeah, I see. But yeah, purple. So yellow is actually the least favorite color, at least from the sources that I was referencing. Only 5% of the population choose yellow as their favorite color. Yeah, I agree. Uh, One of the things I found really interesting while doing this was that I found a few facts about how men and women respond to color, which we just touched on. But one of the ones that stuck out to me was men and women dislike orange more as they age equally, meaning both men and women find orange more irritating as they get older. Interesting. I would love to know why. Like, my wheels are turning. I'm trying to think, like, is there something as you age, like orange gets shoved in your face more? And so you're like, no, thank you. But, huh, I would love to know why. That's really interesting. It just stuck out to me. And I also think that's so interesting that, like, your perception of color can change as you get older, which, like, of course, because your life has changed. But I don't think I thought about it in that sense until a literal fact, quote unquote fact, yeah, from a source, um, says that you're going to dislike it more. So now I'm going to, I feel like I'm going to gauge my appetite to orange more oh, as yeah. I go forward. Do you like over the years an orange tracking? Right. <laughs> Maybe I'll just one day I won't like it. Yeah. So there's several people who really claim to be experts in color, but I feel like one of the most reputable sources in color is Pantone, yeah, which down. is highly used in the design world. Um, so that'd be fun for us to review the last five Pantone of the year colors. I was just going to say that, like, doesn't Pantone tell us what the color of the year is going to be every year? Yes, it does. <laughs> well, I also think, like, I think a lot of nail polish brands have color of the year. I know for a fact, like, Bear and Sherwin-Williams and the paint colors have colors of the year. But I also feel like they're driven more by market in terms of what would be desirable for a a family room or right. whatever, as right. opposed to Pantone, which is, I think is at least a little bit more driven by the marketplace as a whole rather than a specific industry. Yeah, it's specific niche. Yeah. Yes. I can see that. So we're going to go through the last five colors, but it's actually only four years because there was one year that had two colors. Oh, wow. So 2022's color, this year's color, is a very peri. Yeah, periwinkle. Interesting. I agree. I will be interested to see how that plays out in different industries. Yes. Especially fashion. Because that seems like a, I don't know, um, it's probably, like, in my mind, almost like more of a kitty color. Yeah. Like, I think of Periwinkle from Blue's Clues, the little cat. Mm-hmm. So I think that's very interesting because what you just said in terms of how it will play out in fashion always makes me think of the whole Cerulean commentary from Devil's Wears Prada, where Anne Hathaway says, like... They didn't have any influence over her outfit. And then um, Meryl Streep goes on her whole thing of like, well, someone in my world made this decision, which made it move through this level and made it go through this level. And that's when you found it on a discount shelf or something like that. Yes, about her sweater. And that's for Cerulean. And so for whatever reason, Periwinkle and Cerulean kind of feel similar to me in terms of being like vibrant versions of blues that sometimes kind of have that youthful spin. Mm -hmm. I could not get that out of my mind while I was making notes. And I was like, I should repeat that whole scene, but we simply just don't have time. (laughs) Nor do I think I can give Meryl Streep any kind of justice justice, (laughs) in how I would deliver that. So that is 2022's color. 2021 is the year that had two colors. Interesting. Because 2021 was extra in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, So 2021's colors were ultimate gray, 
which was a very medium gray in terms of being cool and warm. Okay. And then illuminating, which was like kind of a butter yellow. Interesting. Interesting. Part of me wonders, after doing the rest of this research, did they feel like they had to add ultimate gray with illuminating to level out some of the yellowness of yellow yellowness yeah. of yellow and it's 100 right yeah, i would say probably. i would love to write them all up. maybe i will spend some time and see if pantone can explain that to me but if you're interested in this too all of these colors have definitions of what they bring energy forward on the pantone website um in 2020 the color was classic blue which is almost your exact favorite color it's like a very medium classic traditional blue all right Love it. So 2020 was your year for color. And then 2019 was Living Coral, which is exactly what it sounds like. A very bright, vibrant coral. So I highly encourage you to follow along with colors and as they're picked and the ones that relate to you and what really motivates you and start surrounding yourself by them because it has direct impact in the way that you live your life day to day. And if you're interested at all about this or have any more questions, I genuinely think color could be so many episodes. You may get very bored with that, but I'm going to put it in my back pocket. For later, let me know and we'll start adding them into our conversations in the future. Awesome. Did I do it justice? That you was, did it. You did that it. That was my first expert and I was so excited. I cannot wait for the next one. So we will leave it there. But if you have anything you want to hear from me or more you want to learn, or if we got anything wrong, please feel free to let us know in the comments because it's your information. Do with it what you will. No, I say do with it what you will. Oh, I didn't know that that was an official thing. No, yeah, that's my official okay, thing. Okay, go ahead. Say it. You, you come up with your own thing. You see her already trying to come in and just take my stuff? I didn't know it was like a you had to say a thing. I just thought we said it to wrap up the conversation. No. Do you want me to just be like, bye? After I say all the stuff when you say Okay, it. go ahead. I'm leaving say, all this in. <laughs> say your stuff. <laughs> if there's any topics you want to hear from us, comments, suggestions, corrections, you can email us at 24HourExpert, spell out all the words, at gmail.com. It's our Facebook, our Instagram, and our website. You can find us there. See you next time. Bye. 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 <laughs> Thank you for listening to 24 Hour Expert. Our theme song is Lo-Fi World by Ricky Bambino. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you're notified of future episodes. 